You're listening to the Nightlight Radio Network. This is Dr. Zohara Hieronymus, co-host of 21st Century Radio. We are happy to present this rebroadcast of our show on Nightlight. Enjoy. For three decades, I've interviewed scientists and inventors who focus on healing, new energy, climate restoration, and more. For the past 40 years, technologies have improved, understanding deepened, and today we have an opportunity for healing that is in itself a technological intervention using microcurrent instruments approved under the general class of transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulators, or more commonly called TENS, or TENS units. There are hundreds of practitioners in the United States, Australia, Ireland, and Canada using F. SM or frequency specific microcurrent to create, I think, what we would have to call miraculous changes in patients to reduce pain and improve health. And most of the time, FSM produces immediate and dramatic changes in tissue that makes it, as our chiropractor guest will tell us in a moment, indispensable in treating pain and many other health concerns. Joining us to share her own experience of using these devices is Dr. Carol McMakin. Carol is a chiropractor recommended to us by Dr. Tom Valone of Integrity Research Institute. I said to him, well, who's using these in the field and what can they tell us about it? And he said, call Dr. McMakin. And so we have. Thank you for joining us, Dr. McMakin. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Why don't we start with first chiropractic? That's not a calling for everybody. Why did you decide to become a chiropractor? Well, I was I have always wanted to be a doctor from the time I was a child and um, didn't get to medical school following college for various reasons and I had got married and had two little kids and still wanted to be a doctor and my husband was going to go to chiropractic college, and I was going to be the doctor's wife. And um, a friend of mine pointed out to me that that was really stupid because I always wanted to be a doctor. And I said, "Well, yeah, but I have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. How I'm gonna? How am I gonna go to school?" And she said, "I don't know, but it's stupid if you don't." And uh, two days later, uh, uh, the minister at church gave a sermon on vocations. She said, if there is a what in your life that you're called to do, you do the what, and you let God worry about how. Beautifully said. Yeah, this door that I had closed on myself 10 years before slammed open, and I went to chiropractic college. I did two years of pre-med starting when I was 40, and I went to chiropractic college at the age of 42, graduated at 45, and the story of that journey um, is in my new book called The Resonance Effect, and uh, it's in more more detail. But has your book come out? Pardon? Has your book already been released? It is. It's on Amazon, but it's the release date is April twenty fourth. So oh, we'll good. See. So we'll have you back again, and we'll be able to talk about your book, The Resonance Effect. But we can touch on some of it. Yay! So anyway, so in Oregon, chiropractors have a very broad scope of practice. I'm basically a general practitioner that doesn't prescribe drugs. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into chiropractic, and I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a general physician. And then when I developed frequency specific microcurrent, I began to specialize in pain management. Um, but chiropractic has a very broad license in, in Oregon, so I can use electrical stim and do functional medicine and recommend supplements and lifestyle changes and order imaging and 
do all of the things that a physician needs to do to help patients to heal. How lovely. How lovely. You know, over the years, um, I mean, I first got introduced to using frequency for healing, I guess, back in the 60s. And it was very experimental, very theoretic. Um, People have always talked about resonance, you know, that everything is a frequency and all of life has its own frequency. And particularly frequency-specific microcurrent recognizes this as a very scientific field. So let's start with frequency-specific microcurrent. That's a little different than the TENS units most people are familiar with in the sense of the the way in which you can calibrate. Right. Well, and the current. Mm-hmm. Um, TENS devices deliver milliamperage current, so thousands of an amp, and it causes muscle contraction and a lot of stimulation, and the TENS unit is put above the level of the pain, so it basically puts signals into the spinal cord to block pain, pain messages from getting up the spinal cord. When they introduced microcurrent in the 1970s, the FDA needed a category to put it in so that it would be basically a pre-existing device sort of on the coattails of TENS devices. And... Um, that made it easier for the developers of microcurrent to get it approved by the FDA. Microcurrent, while it is approved in the category of TENS, is not even close. Mm -hmm. It is a thousand times less current than TENS. You can't feel it. It's subsensory. The one the first uh, scientific data that was produced about the current by itself is that it increases energy production or ATP production, the chemical energy that your body produces um, and uses for everything, microcurrent up to 500 microamps um, increases ATP production by 500% wow. in rat skin. And then that study was reproduced in 2001 and 2002 in um tissue culture and in live culture. So the increase in energy is due to the current. The frequency-specific part of microcurrent is something I introduced in 1995 and first taught it in 1997 to find out if it was reproducible. So let's start there. As the sort of discoverer, inventor of how to make use of frequency-specific microcurrent, because, you know, the, the philosophy of it, that you can have currents that are for specific diseases or specific ailments is how the Radiesthetic Society used to practice radionics. Mm -hmm. And I won't talk about that in depth right now, but it interests me because radionics believed, though it wasn't really any equipment as much as a pattern through which the operator's consciousness operated, they doused frequency numbers for like blights in trees, and then they would take a specimen of the tree and put it in a vial and dial the number of the disease, the number of the tree, and then a third point between them, a a midline basically, or a midpoint, would be the treatment frequency. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's what you're doing, but I thought it interesting when I first heard about, oh, wow, well, that's what they were doing at sort of um, a non-local consciousness way, but you're doing it with technology. Yes, and what's interesting about the common ground between radionics and frequency-specific microcurrent is 
the frequencies. The I back in the early 1900s before 1934, and I'm sure you're aware of this history. There were thousands of physicians in the United States using frequencies and electromagnetic therapies, radionics, to treat patients with big old clunky machines that had um, uh, that plugged into DC wall current and had copper electrodes that patients would hold on to. Um, the, the FDA, the American Medical Association, actually in about 1920, 1925, told physicians that anybody that used those devices would lose their license to practice. By 1934, they got serious about it, and the machines basically were put in the back rooms of offices and covered up with sheets and put in the Quack Museum in Chicago. And in 1946, an osteopath from England, Australian osteopath from England, bought a practice in Vancouver, B.C., that came with one of these machines. He walked in the back room and found this thing under the sheet, took the sheet off. It's a machine. It has a list of frequencies. He took the list out. He taught himself to use the device to deliver specific frequencies to patients. Um, and in 1983, George Douglas, who was um, a chiropractor at Western States, went down to California and worked with, the osteopath's name was Harry Van Gelder, and he brought Harry's list of frequencies from this machine home written on pieces of typing paper. So the Harry's machine was made in 1922. Excuse me, what was the name of the machine? We're not sure. Do you know whose uh, it was? Like it was, was it an Abrams machine? or It was an Abrams because it had, it had, um, two frequency banks out to, I think, three or four places. We think it might have been one of Ruth Drown's machines or possibly one of the Hieronymus machines. Yeah, we have a Hieronymus machine. Galen Hieronymus is my husband's uncle. There you go. Yeah, fascinating. So we, we don't actually know where the list came from, and that's the, that's the one gap in our series in our history, yeah. the machine was made in 22. The list was from 22. Harry found it in 80, in 46. George Douglas went down and worked with Harry for three months, brought the list back in 1983, stuck it in a drawer. And in 1992, so we go from 1922, 70 years later, yeah. this, three, this um, two-channel precision microcurrent came out that was um, able to apply two frequencies at one time, and when we found that when we put them on the patient so that the two frequencies crossed and mixed in the patient's body in the middle, that the frequencies had very specific effects. So they were used like radionic frequencies, so the frequency for a condition was meant to neutralize the condition for which it was described and the frequency for the tissue was to address the tissue that was described. So if you wanted to reduce inflammation, the frequency for that on the list was 40 hertz. And if you wanted to address a tissue like a joint capsule um, or the cartilage, joint capsule was listed as 480 hertz, and the cartilage was 157 hertz. 
and all of this is in the book, the textbook that I wrote about five years ago called Frequency-Specific Microcurrent in Pain Management, and it's a medical textbook. Um, and so when we started using the frequencies as if the description was correct, we found out that the frequencies did exactly but only what they're listed to do. So I taught it. We were treating mostly myofascial pain in 1996. And in 1997, I decided I had to teach it to find out if it was reproducible. It's mm -hmm. like, is this a placebo effect? Is it because the walls in the clinic are pink and I'm a nice guy or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. patients like me? What is, is this real? So I taught it January of 1997. So we are at our 20-year anniversary this year. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And um, we have about 3,000 practitioners around the world in uh, the U.S., Australia, Ireland, England, the Netherlands, Germany, Brazil, um, Australia, New Zealand, um, pretty much all over the world at this point. I just did a seminar in Kuwait this year, last year. Um, and, and what is the what machine though is everybody using? Well, it's a there are there are group of machines out there. We started with an analog microcurrent, two-channel microcurrent machine called the Precision Micro. We, um, that company stopped making those machines in 2011. Um, the machines that I use in the seminars are made, um, distributed by Precision Distributing. They have to have two channels. I have one that's a manual device called the Precision Care. We have that is you have to set the frequencies and sit there and change them as you go along and mm -hmm. observe what effects they have and but there are some of the protocols that are very standardized so the protocol for liver inflammation is runs about 38 minutes and it's standardized you don't have to be there I've been using it for 20 years we developed it in you know between 1996 and 2002 when that the first version of that device came out. So we're going so to take are, a break, and then we'll come back and talk specifically about, you know, when I listen to you talking about 20 years of doing this work and that now there's protocols and it's so precise and specific, whether it's for a tumor or a herpes or a whatever it is, because I was reading some of the literature, um, it is specific to that illness, as was the whole premise behind radionics. And yeah. the thing that crosses my mind is, gee, why isn't this in every, um, you know, pain management clinic? Why isn't this when you go to see uh, somebody because they have a broken leg or, you know, you have injury to your muscle? It's so, it would, it would help so many people recover so much faster and without so much suffering. We're working on it. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> we'll be right back. Our guest is Dr. Carol McMakin. Again, you can go to FrequencySpecific.com. That's www.FrequencySpecific.com. And we'll be right back. Hello, this is Christopher Vasey. I'm a naturopath and author of different books on naturopathy, among others, The Natural Remedies for Inflammation, and also the Acids Alkaline Diet for Optimum Health. The coming book is The Spiritual Mystery of Blood. You can find more information about my books on my website, which is Christopher Vasey, V-A-S-E-Y dot C-H. Uh, you are listening to the 21st Century Radio with Dr. Zoe 
Yehonimus. If you've just joined us, Dr. Carolyn McMakin, a chiropractor who is an expert and educator on frequency-specific microcurrent in pain management, and you can learn more at her website, www.frequencyspecific.com. So, Dr. McMakin, when you started um, using these currents and found that they work how did it change your own perspective about healing, or was it something you had already been in search of? It was a completely new concept. It was familiar to, to George Douglas because he had worked with Harry Van Gelder, and Van Gelder had been using this old machine since, the, since 1946. It was a new concept to me, but when you, when you apply a frequency and you feel the tissue change like literally in seconds, we can get rid of nerve pain, for example, by applying only the frequency to reduce inflammation in the nerve and nerve pain that's been there for seven years, six years, 12 years, just melts, just disappears in 20 to 30 minutes. And it's only that frequency combination that does that. It completely changed my idea of what is possible and ultimately um, com- completely changed my appreciation for how the body works. Um, you mentioned before we went to break, you mentioned uh, the frequency for herpes. Well, there actually turns out to be a frequency for shingles and oral and genital herpes. And that frequency and that frequency alone eliminates the pain from shingles within an hour. So the pain starts to go down in 20 minutes. You run the frequency, it's a two-channel combination. Um, there's and you, you had mentioned earlier that the two-channel, one is the frequency that's specific to the illness, and then another frequency is specific to the tissue. Right, except for shingles. And there are mm-hmm. a, a few frequencies that are known as A-B pairs. So the frequency for shingles, as you see in the textbook, will be 230 hertz on channel A and 430 hertz on channel B. That's an AB pair. It's not a tissue in condition. Um, and the, sh- the shingles, we have a published paper on shingles that you can find on the website. The pain is gone in one to two hours, and the blisters start drying up the next day, and the pain doesn't come back. Um, the frequency to reduce inflammation. We, in 2003, we had animal research done at the University of Sydney in Australia, and they—it's um, a mouse model. They paint a chemical on the mouse's ears that makes the ear swell, and then they measure the swelling, and then they do different things to the mice, like give them, you know, Advil or give them. Um, injectable or an oral medication to reduce the inflammation. Well, in that animal model, they used the frequency to reduce inflammation, 40 hertz on channel A, and 116 hertz on channel B. And that frequency combination alone reduced inflammation in this swelling in the mouse's ears by 62% in four minutes. The time-dependent response so half of the effect is present at two minutes. The full effect is present at four minutes. And um, they tested three other frequency combinations. No other frequency had an effect to reduce inflammation. It was very specific, and it was 
time dependent. Then in 2000, well, 2000, we had research done at, um, in collaboration with a, a colleague or a friend at NIH because I'd lectured at NIH um, in uh, 2000. And Terry Phillips did um, blood spot analysis on fibromyalgia patients. You run the frequency to reduce inflammation in the spinal cord, and clinically that is the only frequency combination that works. And there are these peptides that are present when and participate in creating inflammation in the body. And Terry, NIH, measured those peptides going down at logarithmic rates by factors of 10 and 20 times in 90 minutes. Unbelievable. And it, it is... It is unheard of in medicine. I mean, when I think, just for a moment, you know, the first thought that I have is all these poor children that go through leg surgeries for lengthening, you know, children mm -hmm. whose bones don't grow long enough or properly, and they go through so many surgeries and such pain. These poor oh. little dear ones endure when this could help so much, at least while they're going through the surgery and the recovery, and the they wouldn't have to suffer. Yeah, we actually have a a group of physical medicine and rehab uh, physicians and physical therapists and um, occupational therapists at Cleveland Clinic Pediatric Rehab Hospital. I just came back from there. I teach a class there in January. I must have read your mind. That must have been yeah, why it came three, to mind. Last three, imagine you mentioning kids, but we have, we've treated children post-operatively, and there's no, there's no other way um, to relieve that kind of pain that quickly. Um, there are we've we've treated neurologic conditions. We've treated nerve traction injuries in in infants who can't use an arm because the nerve has been stretched during birth and and the muscles don't work. And um, it fixed this patient in well, basically two one-hour treatments. Um, there are cerebral palsy. There's a degree of spasticity that's created because you lose the signals from the brain that come down the spinal cord to make the legs or arm, the body not spasm. There are signals that come down that say don't spasm. When you interrupt those signals, the muscles get tight and spastic. Well, there's more or less by trial and error, there's a frequency combination to increase secretions and there's a frequency combination for the spinal cord. And much to my surprise, it worked in a 22-year-old patient who had cerebral palsy since birth. Isn't that beautiful? You know, I think about the VA. All of our men and women who come back so injured and so wounded and suffer so horribly, mm -hmm. to think that there is a way to treat people for recovery that doesn't just, doesn't, you don't have to keep coming back. Explain to us how it is actually administered. You know, what's the machine like? I mean, I recently tried a micro-specific, it wasn't micro-specific, I don't think. It was just a micro-current thing. I think it's called the Beamer. And it was a oh, pad, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's made in Germany, and it's gotten a lot of traction, and now they're sewing this technology of micro-currents into the NASA um, astronaut suits, that's the plan, hoping right. that it will, you know, help them so that you don't have such degeneration of the tissue and the organs, et cetera. But how is your particular machine used and what's it look like? I mean, how does a patient interact with it? There's, um, by the way, before we go on to the machines, when you talked about the VA, um, 
the place where we fit with the VA that I'm still trying to get some research on, there's two areas. One is diabetic neuropathies and diabetic wound healing. Yeah. The other is PTSD. The, the frequencies change cell signaling, and they change the way the brain works. We've been using the PTSD protocol for 10 years now. One of our, one of our practitioners developed it. And, um, and does it have a particular frequency? It is a sequence of frequencies. It runs about two hours, and they are frequencies that um, help the brain to recover and help the amygdala and the midbrain to quiet down their function. Mm-hmm. Patients stop having nightmares and flashbacks within one to two treatments. Extraordinary. Two hours. Um, and the, pr- the whole protocol is eight sessions, but we, the data that we have shows that Within four sessions, the PTSD scores go down by uh, 30 to 40 percent. It's extraordinary, and we have never had anybody that it doesn't work on, and there are no side effects aside from the fact that the brain changes so fast. It's a little bit tricky to get used to sometimes that you are no longer ruminating about your buddies that got blown up. It's pretty extraordinary. So the machines... Um, my my position is FSM, frequency-specific microcurrent, is not about the box. It's about the effect of the frequencies. Right. But the machines have, we started out with graphite gloves that I wore on my hands because I was doing muscle work. Um, we have, uh, the there's one unit that's a tabletop. It's about the size of a, um, oh, I don't know, it's about six by eight inches or, Mm-hmm. So it's about the size of a, a small casserole dish. Um, it's about four or five inches high, and it sits on a tabletop. Um, that We have a manual unit where you put in the frequencies yourself. We have a unit called the Auto Care that at this point has 120 uh, protocols where the device sequences from one frequency to the other. Twenty years ago when that device was developed for me by... Um, Microcurrent Technologies in Seattle, um, there wasn't, a, there weren't any other units on the market that would sequence from one frequency to another for a specific period of time. Um, the timelines are pretty well established at this point. Um, the protocol to treat concussion, for example, runs uh, 28 minutes, and you run each frequency for two minutes apiece, and you're done at about the 30-minute mark. So beautiful. I mean, you know, as you say this, when I was much younger and had an interest in all of this and did radionic practice myself a little bit, um, one dreams of this, that we would come to an age where we understand that frequency is everything and vibration is everything and and that you are doing it and have been doing it um, and that it's slowly sort of coming into the mainstream is just so heartening. I am so happy to meet you, and I'm so grateful to Dr. Valone for having introduced us. I have a question, though, about the sort of it's becoming, um, I guess the right word is there's a little traction now in the general population because as the boomers age, they're a lot more educated than 
other um, aging communities have been in the past mm-hmm. about their bodies and their and health and exercise and food and vibration. And so there's people interested in buying things like, you know, Integrity Research Institute's osteopad, which is sort of, I guess that's a generic kind of treatment. Share right. with us how a person can, you know, avail themselves of some of these products, maybe not what you're doing specifically, or perhaps there is something you all offer that a that a person like myself who is aging and who might want to, you know, deal with arthritis in a different way than perhaps others? Um, That has been the tricky part up until now, and that is that TENS devices by their nature are uh, regulated by the FDA by prescription. So they have to be prescribed by a practitioner. That's why 20 years ago I started training people so that my practitioners can prescribe devices. Mm-hmm. There is a device, uh, the, the company that distributes the products, because in order to stay c- clear with the FDA, the devices and the frequencies have to be kept separate. So I don't have anything to do with the company that manufactures or distributes the devices. We use one company's devices because I've used them for 20 years and I know their quality and their commitment to staying within bounds with the FDA. Um, so precisiondistributing.com will sell to licensed physicians or to practitioners or people that check a box on, a, um, on, a, on the purchase cart, on the checkout cart on the website to purchase the textbook and one of the machines. So we check a box that says I can I'm allowed to, to prescribe this unit and 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 I even if you're only going to use it on yourself. Mm-hmm. The thing is that the the frequencies are very specific. So the, the beamer is an excellent example. It's a general magnetic stimulator that increases um, energy flow in the body and supposed to increase ATP. With FSM, the frequencies are incredibly specific, and as far as we can tell, based on the uh, the mouse research and the hu- the human cytokine research, the frequencies change cell signaling. So when that means that, and we're talking about when when you say frequency, you're talking about hertz. Hertz, yes, right, yeah. So, so the people don't hertz. think we're just talking about you know a random number. We're talking about a particular. Right, cycles. Yeah, no, that's absolutely, thank you for clarifying that. So the frequencies came off this list. They're very specific, and they do exactly but only what they're described as doing. So if you have, let's say, a rotator cuff tear, or you, let's, let's start with that. Your shoulder is sore. It's going to be sore to touch, and it is inflamed. It's inflamed because... The partial thickness tear in the tendon makes the cell, the tendon cell, start expressing the genes for inflammation. So that your rotator cuff tear changes the way the tendon works and makes the tendon cell start expressing the genes for inflammation. If we treat a rotator cuff tear with the frequencies to reduce inflammation, it will reduce the pain and inflammation for as long as we're treating, but it absolutely doesn't last. If you run the frequency, 124 hertz, to fix the tear, Mm -hmm. 
That is time dependent. It takes about an hour to two hours to repair a tendon. At the end of that hour, the inflammation is gone, the pain is gone because the tendon cell has been repaired and it is changing its signaling. Does that make sense? It all makes sense to me. (laughs) I've been thinking about these things most of my life as an adult. (laughs) So I'm just ever so grateful. I'm kind of in awe, to be quite frank, that where was I? (laughs) How how did this miss my my radar screen? Um, My goal was to stay below the FDA radar until we had a base of practitioners across the country. How smart. That could that could treat people. So if I be, if we became widely known and I had 25 practitioners, it wouldn't work. Yeah. We've got about 3,000 now in the U.S. Isn't that beautiful? Um, wow, Carol, what a, what a magnificent job you've done for our planet. We're going to take a little break and then come back. And I want to come back to the um, discernment of the frequencies, the discernment of the hertz, particularly when, like, a new virus shows up or, uh, you know, a mutation of something. Anyway, we'll be right back if you're lucky enough to be with us, and I hope you stayed for the rest of our discussion. Dr. Carolyn McMakin is our guest. Frequency-specific microcurrent in pain management is her book by Churchill Livingston, 2011. She has a new book that's about to come out on resonance, but you can learn more at her website www.frequencyspecific.com frequencyspecific.com and when you go there and read a little bit talk to your doctors talk to your osteopath your chiropractor talk to everybody you meet about hey have you heard about frequency specific management in pain we'll be right back hi this is dr eric pearl author of the reconnection heal others heal yourself and founder of reconnective healing You can learn more about us at www.thereconnection.com, and you are listening to 21st Century Radio with Dr. Zoe Hieronymus. Frequencyspecific.com. Do you have um, a list of practitioners so that if somebody comes to your website and they go, I live in Maryland or I live in New York, can I find someone? Yes. We've maintained that list for years. It's always been free to our practitioners. Uh, The list because they don't have to sign up or renew or anything. Uh, my goal was just to get the information out to the patients. Sometimes the list is a little bit um, inaccurate. Okay. So when you go to the list, find a practitioner that's near you and um, give them a call and make sure that they are still using frequency-specific microcurrent and that they um, are comfortable treating whatever it is that you have. So patients that have irritable bowel or Crohn's disease or liver disease or pancreatitis, um, there are frequencies and protocols that can help them, but they need to see um, one of our medical providers, probably not a physical therapist. Right. So it's a, a matter of the scope of practice and the and the uh, practitioner. Right. Be smart level. about it. I mean, because yeah. we are actually talking about changing our body, and it really mm-hmm. does have an effect. So what happens, like, unlike in homeopathy, if you take a wrong remedy, it's not going to do much. Um, but in this case, what if you use the wrong frequency? Will it do something to you that's not good for you? That was actually the first thing we checked out when George um, brought bought the machine and, and showed me the list. This is, you're talking this- about George Douglas? George Douglas, he's a chiropractor. Back in, in 1983. 83, he worked with Harry. In 1992, he and I became friends, and we're still 
close friends. Um, so we use the frequencies on each other, on ourselves, on my children, and the first thing we had to make sure of was that a frequency that didn't work also would not do any harm. So right. we found that out in the first year. And it doesn't. And it doesn't. Now, if you use a wrong frequency, uh, it just goes right on through, um, doesn't seem to um, create any problem, actually with two exceptions. One is if you have a, a new physical injury, like let's say you've cut yourself or you've got a sprained ankle or something, that injury has to repair itself with repair tissue or scar tissue. If you run the frequencies to take out scar tissue within five to six weeks of a new injury, you'll undo the healing that has occurred. So it takes out the scar tissue because mm -hmm. that's what that frequency does. And in that particular case, that creates a problem. But that's a specific frequency that's known. So so in terms, I mean, it's so interesting to me because like radionics and like homeopathy, it's it's really showing us that the body has its own extraordinary energetic intelligence mm -hmm. and that this intelligence decides what it needs and what it doesn't need. And what's, what's fascinating to me and still fascinating to me is the frequencies are incredibly specific regardless of your intention. So my good intentions are not going to save me from my ignorance, mm -hmm. right? So there is a frequency to increase secretions. And originally we thought that frequency, 81 hertz, would normalize secretions. I had a, a student intern that's now a quite well-known naturopath named Christy Hughes, and she worked with us for a year in 96, in early 97. She graduated, went home, um, began her practice, and um, at, when she left in June of 97, we thought that 81 hertz normalized secretions. Well, I get a phone call in October, and she, she didn't even say hello. It's 10 o'clock at night. She's in practice in Minnesota, and she said... 81 hertz increases secretions. And what had happened was she spent an hour clearing out this kid's lungs, and the kid had um, cystic fibrosis. She was about 14. And at the end of the treatment, Christy wanted to. Her intention was to normalize secretions in the lung. She ran 81 hertz and the frequency for the lung, and the, the girl's lungs filled up again in about 10 seconds. Mm. So they... Let her get up, go to the bathroom, drink some more water, come back. They spent an hour treating her lungs. The lungs stayed clear. They left off the frequency 81 hertz. The lungs stayed clear for about two weeks. So the, in the, I teach this class in, in three days, three and a half days now, and the, the precautions and contraindications are, are very clear. And in the textbook, they're very clear. They're in bold print. It's... The, the thing that has been impressed upon me in the last 20 years is how powerful the frequencies are and how dramatic the effects are and how respectful you get to be. This is... Mm -hmm. What's, what's this the is, range of frequency from what to what? All, they're all under 1,000 hertz. Everything. So, um, let's see, 9 hertz is the frequency to remove um, histamine or an allergy reaction. Uh, 4 hertz is the frequency for the fallopian tube. Um, and all of these frequencies were already discerned when George Douglas found the machine? 
when George Douglas got the when Harry Van Gelder was the old osteopath, right? He bought a practice in 1946 that came with the machine that was made in 1922, and that machine came with the list. Got it. And you and don't know who it is that nope. actually divine nope. those numbers. So, the last 20 years in in our organization has been spent figuring out what those frequencies do. And they are predictable, they're reproducible. Once you figure it out, well, you do this with it, and then you see what what you can do in a similar condition with the same or similar frequencies. Do you and, see patterns in the numbers? Like, you know, diseases of the organs have a certain frequency or diseases of soft tissue or diseases of nerves or... Is there nope. some and, it's, sp- and it's not disease specific. So there isn't uh-huh. a frequency for, let's say, the sternocleidomastoid muscle, and there isn't a frequency for um, hay fever. There is a frequency to remove histamine, right? Which is the right, right. what causes hay fever, uh huh, yeah. or the result. There's of it. a frequency to remove inflammation. Uh huh. What's that number? Forty hertz is inflammation. Mm-hmm. Nine hertz is allergy reaction, but then you have to pair it with the tissue that's causing the problem. Got it. So there was a, a patient that saw us in the evening at Cleveland Clinic. Um, we do a kind of an in-service at the end of the day, and he had radiation burn-induced scar tissue in his in his neck from um, treatment for tonsillar can- cancer. Normally, with head and neck radiation scarring, we treat for scarring in the esophagus. And while you're treating with the frequency for removing scarring, 13 hertz, the, you have to move the tissue through its range. So you have the patient swallow a spoonful of crushed ice to kind of stretch the esophagus while the frequency is softening the bonds that hold the scar tissue together. Well, it wasn't doing what it should have been. He was still catching. It didn't work as fast as it should have. And then he said, well, it catches above my epiglottis. It's, it actually wasn't in the esophagus. It was in the pharynx. Esophagus is 26 hertz. The pharynx is 43 hertz. Hmm. I have no idea why. Hmm. There's no logic to it. Fascinating. And we switched to 43 hertz, had him swallow some ice. He went home, and he's, the swallowing is much easier and that frequency worked better than the one I expected to work, which was the esophagus. Is there a frequency for nuclear radiation? There is a frequency for radiation burns. Um, it's 54 hertz and 10 hertz. 54 almost always works better, but we always run both because they were on the list. The frequency for the pancreas is 9 hertz. The frequency for the pancreatic islets, the, the part of the pancreas that makes insulin, is 91 hertz frequency for the liver is 35 so the lung is 17 so in my you know my understanding of how the body works none of that has any sort of predictive logic right it's not like they follow an order mm-hmm. it's it's to me it's fascinating so you just have to look at the uh, i i just think the numerology of these things is mind-blowing i mean as a kabbalist and working with hebrew you know every number is also a letter and anyway, it's, it, it, 
and then it spells words, and then the words themselves are a microscope and a, and a telescope, a microscope and a telescope. Um, and in terms of like when a new, like Zerka virus, or, or they, you know, something comes up and they go, oh my God, everybody's going to get this. What are we going to do? Let's do a vaccine. And the vaccine, of course, we know makes people yeah. really sick with all yeah. kinds of other problems that they're yep. not even looking for. So I don't yep. recommend flu shots or vaccines. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that's troubling to a lot of people, but from all the research I've done, boy, I wouldn't take one of those things, nor would I give it to my children, nor did I. Are are there things like, let's say, you know, there's this big fear of polio again, or a big fear of mumps or measles or chickenpox? Are there frequencies for treating those if children get them? There are frequencies on the list for uh, the polio virus that works on post-polio patients even 40 years after they've had polio. That was an extraordinary case. There's a frequency on the list for rubiola, which is a kind of measles, Mm -hmm. mumps, um, polio. There's a frequency for malignant or pathologic virus, whatever that is. That seems to work in a number of viral conditions. Um, There there are frequencies for a number of infections, Um, so staph, strep, beta-hemolytic strep, I mean, staff kills people to think that there's a vibration, a frequency, a hertz cycle that you can apply to the body and it will kill the staff, or is it that it, res- or that the body's immune system responds and and gets rid of it? How? Which way does it go? That would that is that's all theoretical. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how it works. Uh-huh. I know that um, we have patients who have um, MRSA, and they. They're using antibiotics. The antibiotics aren't working. We have a number of case reports that have been presented at our symposium where MRSA has been turned around by the use of the frequencies once or twice a week Mm. for two, three weeks, and then it's gone. Uh, Hepatitis C. There are practitioners that have documented case reports, viral count of 7 million, patient is scheduled for a transplant, gets treated for four four weeks, I think, viral count goes to zero, transplant is canceled. So the mechanism, are we actually, are the frequencies resonating with the organism, the the virus or the bacteria, and shattering it? Or does the frequency help change the signaling on the outside of the virus so the immune system can now attack it? Right. There's, I mean, I'm 70 years old. I graduated from chiropractic college when I was 47. There's 50 years worth of research to do if if we get big enough. Well, I takes. hope you do. I have to say goodnight. Go to www.frequencyspecific.com, and maybe that will help attract the funding. 21st Century Radio is produced by Hieronymus & Company. Our executive producer and research assistant is Laura Kortner, and I'm Dr. Zohara Hieronymus. And remember, we do need more love in the world.